Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Listen, we're ready for the new year. In our ministry, we really want to see spiritual transformation. We don't think you can get there in one service. We think that God is wanting a relationship, a long-term walking with you because it takes a while to begin to become aware, to begin to heal and reveal the things, listen, that are holding back potential in our own life. The, The reality is we've all experienced a lot of past. We've all experienced a lot of hurt we've all experienced and God wants to come in there and he wants to over time in process touch those areas make you aware and go I'll take that I'll take that now we believe that supernatural things can happen in the altar and worship in a prayer line and a prayer team we absolutely believe that that absolutely can happen but what what can't happen is you build character <laughs> Like that can't happen. You building character, making a decision, to get, and getting confident in the Lord cannot happen in a prayer line. There are decisions that you're going to have to make away from church. And so the Holy Spirit wants to correct our thinking. And we're in a culture where we're so scared of having our thoughts corrected. But God is a corrector. And so in a culture that sees correction as rejection, if you're correcting me, then you don't like me. No, 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 no. I love you, and I see great things in you. That's why I'm investing into your life. And what you see as a depletion, God sees as an investment. I don't know anybody, even in the workforce, that has thrived without being corrected. Because a lot of people want to do right. They just don't know what, there's so many levels to doing the next thing. And, And God wants to correct us. And I just want to tell you that even the Bible says parents that don't correct their children, the Bible says that you don't love them. No, no, I just... I just do it different. No, the reason we don't stand in the moment and have a courageous conversation and challenge them is because of we don't want to feel bad and we don't want them to think something bad about us. And so really, it's about us. But God says that I love you so much, I will step into an uncomfortable space and touch something that you are wanting to avoid because this thing keeps breaking relationships and momentum in your life. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? We, God wants us to change our direction. We don't want to be the same where we are right now in 2024. We want to use 2023 and take some steps, get some victory, walk in some freedom. Come on, we, we, we want to change our direction. I often hear people all the time, well, you know, when you get married, you don't let them change who you are. Yes and no. 
the concept of intrinsic value, personality, and DNA, yes. The fact that you're incredibly selfish and have to change everything about you, you'll have to only change. Huh. I'm not changing who I am. Yeah, you're going to change everything about you. Like you know, how you get up, what you do, where you wake, the fact that you don't, you, you actually clean your dish. Come on. Oh, you fit in a chain. Oh, you're going to get all the trash out of your car. Oh, yeah. You fit, just sign up for the next 65 years of change, baby. You've been a change. And then the Holy Spirit wants to fill us. He wants to fill us. Why? Because we get dry. We get thirsty. We're in a dry world. We're in a dry world that is craving. We, thir we, we thirst for money. We thirst for attention. We thirst for Instagram. We thirst for, uh, you know, someone see me, notice me, tell me that you love me. Well, I'm thirsty. Why are you so thirsty? Oh, my God. It's been 15 minutes and nobody texts me back. Are you thirsty? What you need is more of the presence of God to fill you up. And here's the deal. If you do that, you'll, you'll be less of a burden to other people. It's not that you won't need friendship, but you won't. You know what vacuums do. Come on. That pastor told me. I said, no, I didn't. I said, what do vacuums do? This year, we want to be refreshed. And, and, and we want you to fast with us. In, fa in fact, we need you to fast with us. So we're asking for you to pray and, and, and be a part of that. Listen, we are in a new sermon series called Confident Living. Confident Living. Everybody say confidence. That was pretty good. Y'all killed first service. Good job. Clap for yourself. Good job. That was probably your neighbor. Uh, here's the thing is I really believe that in a time of prayer, I was asking, okay, God, what's our church's direction? And obviously the direction is always the Bible and whatever God wants to do. But, but in 2020, I really believe the church as a whole, um, their confidence was shaken. This is when we, COVID and change and policies and politics. And, and it's just like, oh, and we, and we didn't, we, we didn't know, do we? Stand in faith. Do we do this? Like, it was just, it was shaken. Then 2020 fun, 20, 20 fun. Uh, <laughs> that's what it was for me. <laughs> in 2021, it was stolen. Like the confidence was, after it was shaken, it was stolen. In 2022, I, I really believe that confidence was very, very small. People are, I don't know about the church. I don't know about pastors. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I don't know about the government. I don't know about law. I don't know about, and nobody has confidence in anything. But here's the problem. As soon as we stop having certain levels of confidence, then it always moves to relational. Nothing stays silo. It'll be, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Who are you texting? I don't know. It never, it always continues. Our confidence isn't in an institution, it's in the Lord. You, 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 you know what I'm saying? And I really believe that in 2023, confidence is going to come back to the church and it's going to be stirred it's going to be set back in its place and it's my heart that in this body confidence begins to spill over in 2023 not where we're cocky 
but that we're no longer taking the potential and the assignments that God has for us and shelving them, but we're going to step, come on, listen, with boldness. And so my assignment is the part two of don't trash your confidence. Don't trash your confidence. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them you're looking confident. Come on, just do, you're looking confident. Listen, as we talk about this, I need you to know something. I need this to be an alarm bell sermon. And I need you to realize that the enemy is persistent in tempting you to trash your faith. He wants you to trash your churches, trash spiritual leaders, trash Bible reading, trash context. And we are now in a society where we are very, very confused. And we don't know how, even as a church, to stand for righteousness and truth and yet be compassionate with a broken world. And so what we are finding out is that we're going and, and the church is becoming either everybody is going to hell and we need to picket everything or everybody's broken and it doesn't matter and it's only because of Jesus and so we don't need to teach anything, any real concept, any real truth. The reality is we need to be compassionate enough to know that in our sin, God forgave us and loves us. And so there are people who have a background of sinning in this church. It would be very judgmental for us not to give the grace that we've received at the same time we're not going to be a church that we're scared to talk about a man being a man a woman being a woman gender um, uh, homosexuality what and we're not going to bring every concept that the world wants to promote into the church and us be yeah you're right you're right you're right because we have a name and a story or a friend that is hurting we're going to minister to the hurting but you cannot minister to the broken by giving them a false truth and so there will our church will change this year because we're going to be compassionate but we're going to be confident what does the word say and the word will work I just got to learn how to say it in a context that's full of love because here's the thing we're growing up in a generation, we can't be like, oh yeah, yeah, these seven parts of the Bible are really great, but this part, we, we don't read that. We, we don't read that because that makes us feel uncomfortable, and then we have to think, and we have to have a conversation, then our kids ask questions, and we'd rather just not, Ugh. just going to stay with the easy part. But here's the problem, that's, the, that's what the church has adopted. We're staying with the easy part, and praise God, come on somebody, there's an easy part. In your home as a child, there was an easy part. Hey, dinner's ready. That's the easy part. The hard part is clean the dishes. We just wanna avoid that part of the family. This is really adopting a no dishes, no work, no trash kind of family. 
I don't mind, I don't mind partaking in the goodness, but I don't want to really invest in the... And that's why we're so shaken, it's because we're so shallow. We would rather read what Pinterest says about a thought or an antidote than read the Bible and find out what God says. Come on, hear me. The enemy wants us to see God's presence as useless and unreliable. It doesn't fit into our context. It, it doesn't, it's not relatable in my world. He knows that when God is absent from our lives, we will be confused, we will be condemned, and we will be calloused. In other words, your heart will get really hard. John 10, verse 10. Familiar verse. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Everybody say, steal, kill, destroy. What, what of those three words makes you feel like the enemy is going to be passive? Okay, listen, but I have come, Jesus, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. We believe that there's an abundant life for you. We believe that not only in heaven can we sing praises, but even here we can sing praises. There is an assignment on our life to bring the concept and culture of heaven here, but it's got to work in you before the abundant life is being produced. The enemy is after the seed of faith that is growing the abundant life. Every time you sit under the word, there's a seed. Every time you sit under a, a podcast or you learn, there's a seed. And what I want you to know is every seed will be attacked. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, this is what Jesus said. Luke chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. Now, the parable is this. Jesus talked about the parable of the sower. He talked about four different ways we sow seed. But here is the point of that story, that illustration. The seed is the word of God. The one along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and tries to take the word from their hearts so that they will not believe and be saved. What I need you to know is the enemy's not going to come tap you on the shoulder and go, hey. He is working when you're not paying attention. He's working when you're focused on something important. He's working when you're dealing with other people in your family and he's trying to take the seed that was planted to produce abundant life and he wants you to discard it. He wants you to say, oh, I tried it, it didn't work. He wants you to trash it. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But what God has given you, told you, and started in you is under attack. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. Therefore, look at this. Look, look up here. Uh, look, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great, come on, say it, a great 
Do your children, do your young people, do your college student, does your wife, does your husband, do they believe that every time you sit under the word and you build Holy Spirit confidence, you build your faith, do they see that as, man, a reward is happening. God is about to do something. Because here's the deal, we're so into instantaneous gratification. We want to see immediate results. If I go through the coffee line and it takes more than six minutes, oh, Jesus. If, God forbid, they mess up my order that I did online to save me time, you're trapping me. You're telling me, you're feeding me this idea that if I do this right, it will be right. But it's not right. Here's the concept. Is that you've got to know that there is a reward for you sitting under the word, learning it, meditating it, memorizing it, come on, giving it. And the word is what changes your life. And the reward of you sitting, submitting, and learning to be obedient is not seen right here in your next step. It's unfolding a life of abundance that you can live in a dark world, but the light is on. Come on, you hear me. 36, for you have need of endurance. You need endurance. You need endurance. Come on, y'all. Come on. Some of y'all, we see that after one song. You're like, uh-huh. when are we sitting? When does it sit time? Come on. You need some endurance in your faith. I had one problem and I just, oh, it just took me out. You have to build something in here. No, you don't get to determine the degree of problems that come to your life. You've got to, come on, get in stronger. you got to rocky this thing. Yeah, huh, oh. you got to get conditioned spiritually because your husband's going to have a bad day. Your wife's going to have a bad day. Your boss is going to say something totally tacky. Your kids are not going to give you a hug and be grateful and say, thank you, mother and father, for six flags. They're going to be like, what's next? And all of that stuff is going to get at you and grind at you. And, uh, and you're going to have to have some endurance in this, lo- in this world because the whole world doesn't operate under the Spirit of God. We got way too many people getting counseling because they really want to control something they can't control. And I'm not against counseling. I mean, I'm for counseling. I mean, like, take it. Get it. But you need to ask yourself, am I always been out of shape because I'm mad about what I can't control? Because the issue is controlling. And there's only one thing that you get to control, and that is how I wash my mind with the Word of God. Come on. That's good. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. It was wonderful. It's kind of soft. Come on. If we're going to clap, let's clap. Come on. Come on. That's good. 
So that when you have done the will of God, the will of God means that you obey and submit to what he wants. When you've done that in your attitude, action, responses, thoughts, come on, addictions, when you've done the will of God, not the will of Stephen or Fred or Barry or if that's your name, but when you've done the will of God, then you're going to receive a promise. You're going to walk in some victory. And so let's talk about the life of David. Let's talk about how he illustrates this concept for us. Come on, let me give you two verses. 1 Samuel 16, 12 and 13. David is not invited to a private meeting. Jesse and all of his sons are. The prophet Samuel goes to anoint the next king. Saul was the king of Israel, but he rebelled three different times. And God said, yo, three strikes you out. And... They go to Jesse's house, and the one that God wants to anoint is not there. It's David. And so they send for David. This is the verse. And he sent and brought him in, David. Now he was ruddy, had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. You fine. And, And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Okay, look at this. 1 Samuel 16, 17 through 19. So Saul, his servant, I'm just giving you this context because we're going to talk about this. So Saul said to his servant, remember the anointing had left Saul. He's now a leader without a covering. He's a leader without an anointing. For every one of you who own your own, bo- own business, for everyone who serve on a team, for everyone who lead a life group, for everyone who does worship on our stage, for everyone who leads in any capacity, you can actually lead and not have the anointing because of disobedience. And here's the deal. The weight of responsibility will torment you. Leadership is hard no matter what, but without the anointing, full of sin, saying, hey, follow me, but really I'm not worthy to... Come on, you hear me? Okay. Provide me a man who will play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful, skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a man. Everybody say, a man. Come on, a man. Not a fourth gender. A man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Here's what I need you to see. Before the anointing, it was physical. After the anointing, the purposes and plans of God were developed and his description starts to be different. 
See, I believe that when you come and submit to the word and you begin to submit to what God has for you, all of a sudden, potential begins to climb. Purpose begins to climb. Things that would have taken you out and discouraged you, now you're walking forward. And, and, and all I need you to see is that David's description is totally different than in the last two years. And I can't wait for you to be here for two years and an old friend see you and go, why are you so confident? Man, you're a leader. You're also compassionate. You're not tacky. Oh, you're not like you used to be. Like, yeah, girl. iPhone 14 up here. Every year I'm growing. I'm turning in old. I'm bringing up new. I'm updating, baby. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Look at this. Therefore, Saul sent a message to Jesse saying, send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. Now, I want to put all this together for you. David is anointed. He's got the oil. Come on, y'all. You know, he had the drip. Before y'all even knew about drip, he had a drip. It was a <laughs> oil all up in his hair. In front of his family, in front of his brothers and sisters, everybody's watching. And after that moment, two years later, two years later, I've been going to church for like six months, and <laughs> two years later, I went through framework, I did, jumped on a team, I went to that church for six months, and I still... There's got to be some time in your life. You hear what I'm saying? And what I need you to know is this. Don't trash your confidence. You're growing. God's doing something. You may not see it, but God is doing something in your life. And I want to give you three thoughts in order to keep your confidence and not trash it. The first, we talked about this last week, and we spent the whole time on number one. So I would encourage you to go get our podcast. It's on um, Apple and and. Uh, Google and whatever. Talk to somebody else. I don't even know where it is. It's out there, though. The first one is this. God, we've got to remember that God has made a way for you. You've got to remember. The first thing you've got to do for not trashing your comments is you've got to remember. You've got to remember when you were 17 at camp. You've got to remember when you were 30 and you walked in. You've got to remember that person who prayed for you. You're going to have to remember. You're going to have to remember. Don't forget. Listen, remember God has made a way for you. Here's what I want you to know is there was no way for David to be king except for God made a way. There was no way for you to be saved. There was no way for you to be redeemed. There's no reason why you should give up any of the regret of the things that you've done. But yet God loves you so much, come on, that he threw your sin as far as the east is from the west. And we don't have to live under that. And I need you to know and remember that God has made a way for you. Where there seems no way, God authors our steps. He says the steps of the righteous are ordered, and you have not just done all this yourself. The Bible tells us that you did not choose God, but that God chose you. And even though you may have been running, God is pulling you. 
I met with a man in the first service and he said, man, I used to grow, go to church when I was younger and it's been 20 years since I've been in church. And you know what? I, 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 for 20 years, I've never been in church. For 20 years, I haven't wanted to go. But I would be in places and feel this tug and feel this conviction and know. And I just suppressed it with drugs and alcohol and everything. And I'm telling you that you've got to know that's God's kindness on your life. The second thing. We're going to talk about this a little bit. You're going to have to rehearse his word and watch it come into fruition. You're going to have to rehearse the word of God. David had to hold on to the word that was spoken over his life. Even though it didn't immediately look like something was changing. Sure, the oil moment's great. His brothers are watching. But after he got the oil off and everybody went home. And he went back to the sheep. Y'all going to have to let me preach this. See, either you're going to believe God or you're going to believe the enemy. God is speaking to his spirit that is living inside of you. And the enemy is speaking to your flesh. Don't throw away your confidence. Rehearse the word of God. What did God say? What did God share with you in that Bible study, in that devotional, in that moment when you were in your, your car listening to that worship song and you felt the presence of God? What has he saying to you? What is he asking you to do? What steps is he asking you to take? David had to remember, what did God say? God used Samuel to say, David, you are anointed and appointed to be king. Now, David can trash it or rehearse it. He can trash it or he can rehearse it. Can we talk a little bit? Let's talk about rehearsing it just a little bit, okay? Let's talk about rehearsing it a little bit. All right, here we go. Days of the week. 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 There's... Days of the week. You act like you just knew that. Someone taught you that. Some of you are 40 and you still don't know what day it is. <laughs> you had to rehearse some things in your life in order to get it. And we are cocky and we are stiff-necked and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm everything. Really? It's going to be a hard one. I have the answer here to be cool. I want you to be confident. Six times seven is. Now, some of you were geniuses and you got it like in school, third grade, second grade. You were like, blam. But some of you, if we're going to be honest, you got tutoring. It took you a little longer. By the time you were a freshman, you had this. Come on, y'all remember when you were kids and you had to do the division table and your, your mom or dad or grandma or someone would be like, two times four. And you were like, what? <laughs> and you did the seven what's so you could think. This is going to be extra hard. 42 divided by seven is okay. Look at you guys. 
A is for? B is for? C is for? Oh, yeah. We're acting like we can come to church 12 times a year and beat the enemy. When the truth is, you're going to have to rehearse what God said over and over and over and over and over and over and over. What does God say about being a man? Can I just tell you this? If you are a man and you've been in church longer than five years, you need to read the Bible and figure out what the Bible says about being a man. Stop looking to a podcast to teach you what a man is. I'm not saying that that's not a good source of information, but I'm saying if you're going to that as the source, what does the Bible say about being a woman of God? What does it say about being a man of God? What does it say? Come on. What does it say? You've got to rehearse. God gave us things so that you would navigate this world and not end up broken, busted. Come on, hear me. Many times we think God is slow. We get antsy and anxious and it's easy to trash our confidence. We start watching other people. We see them winning. We see them moving forward and we're not winning and we're not moving forward and doubt creeps in. And then we start the questions. Did God really say that? Was that really for me? Did God miss it? I don't know. Maybe he should have picked Elia. Maybe, 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 maybe. It's, I mean, Samuel's pretty old. I don't even know if he could see. But probably, I don't, how do I even know that that was really? If God has said it, he's going to do it. Don't disregard what God has said. Rehearse it. Come on, someone say rehearse it. Stop rehearsing how you feel. Stop rehearsing what you see. Way too many people are rehearsing the wrong things. You're playing them over and over and over. We're playing that offense over and over and over. Well, you don't know how bad it hurt me. No, 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 I don't, and I'm not making that small. I am not making that small. And the, the truth is, there's no way that you can recover except for by the hand of God, touching your heart, setting you free, and moving you forward. Come on, you hear me? Here's another one. This one's going to be a little harder for you to digest. Stop rehearsing just the facts. Listen, I, 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 I am for facts. And I believe that facts tell the function Facts give us a part of tangible reality, but we believe that the Holy Spirit, we believe that the presence of God can change the facts. I was a sinner, and now I can be this. Come on, listen, listen. I was Saul, and now I'm Paul. I was Simon, now I'm Peter. And there's got to be, well, this marriage is never going to change. My kids are never going to listen. Come on, hear me. 
Rehearse the word. Watch it come into fruition. There's a great reward on the other side. You have no idea. Now listen to this. David, many of the Psalms that David wrote, he wrote in the two years he was waiting. He didn't trash his confidence. He believed that God, if you put it on me and you call me to it, you're going to do it. So I'm going to write. I, where are you? You are my this. You are my hiding place. You are my God. I, I'm looking to you to make this happen because I can't advance myself. But while he is working, Saul is talking about him. Now listen, I need you to fight over there because you don't know what's happening over here. But if David would have trashed it there, he would have never made it here. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? you got to say it and say it and say it over again. Come on, make sure the words that you entertain are abundant life words. The, God's word is going to be tested. God's word is going to be attacked. Don't rehearse offenses, failures, regrets. What did God say? Let me give you one more and then we're going to get out. Are you all good? Everybody good? All right. Here's the third. We're talking about trashing. Don't trash your confidence. We talked about remember. Remember. Come on, what was the second one? Rehearse. And the last one is respond. Response. Your response. You're going to have to respond in faith when opportunity arises. Listen, respond in faith. Many of us are God is moving, and there are opportunities for you, but because you're hurt, frustrated, mad, or disgruntled, you know what? That person has texted you three times, but because you're still mad, you're ignoring them. See, David is back with the sheep, and what is he doing while he's there? He's not wasting his time. He's learning how to be consistent and diligent. Consistent and diligent. I'm going to get up to work every day. I'm going to check on what I've given. I'm going to manage my responsibilities. I'm going to prepare now for what's coming later. Some of us are so frustrated it hasn't happened yet that you're missing that this is a preparation season for you. Well, pastor, I've been, pre I've been, I've been working for seven years to get. Well, then just stop and quit and see what happens. I can spend all day talking about this. Your faith journey isn't going to be all green lights. Come on, you are going to hit some yellows, you are going to hit some reds, and you are going to hit some wrecks. The story of David teaches us that God is faithful. Don't get discouraged where you're at. Stay consistent, stay diligent. Our world is moving so fast that you can have the fear of missing out. Build your confidence. God sees you. After a season of consistency and diligence, all of a sudden there's an opening, there's a breakthrough, there's a, there's a moment. And here's what I love. When Saul says, go get David, David doesn't have an attitude. I'm not going out. I'm as ready the first six months. I was ready the first year, but now, no. What if I say no? I'm not going to do it. Listen, here's what I'm saying. Is that David had the attitude that God, whatever you have for me next, I will step into. And some of you, 
The only reason you haven't taken that promotion is because you fear what it would look like if you took it. No, 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 I don't want to take any more leadership. Oh, no, no, I don't want to have any more influence. Oh, no, no, I don't want to have anybody under me. God forbid people would look at me. No, I don't want. Come on. Listen, God will never pour something on you that is going to be lost or disregarded. What God has given you will not be hidden. God is wanting you to step into some confidence. God picks the time for us to move out of obscurity into notoriety. Come on, you're going to have to respond in faith. When Saul summons David, he doesn't have an attitude. Come on, get that attitude off. Get that disgruntlement off. Get that frustration off. He's humble. He's ready. He's willing. Here's, I think, the next thing that really just surprises me about this whole thought is when Saul summons David to the palace, he's a visitor. Now I know David knows he's going to be king. You think when he walked in, he was like, okay, hmm, I don't know if I like that color. I don't know if I like the drapes. I don't know. And what is this that we're eating? I don't know. I mean, you're going to be fired. You know what I'm saying? Like, here, here's the concept. Listen to this. David goes, and even though it's not the promise, he realizes he's in process. See, I, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Yeah, but you're on your way. Come on, you may not have a marriage where, you know what, the door opens and your wife is like, <laughs> you know and you're like, hey. You may walk in and she's like, I'm hiding. She, you may walk in. Hey! What? And you have this promise that you're going to lead a marriage ministry or you're going to do this or you're going to do this or you're going to do this. And you know what? You may not be there yet, but you're in process. And so God is doing something. Something's happening. We're on our way. God is moving. And it might not look the way I want it to look, but I'm on my way. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? My kids, my parenting, my finances, my life. I need you to know that you're on process. Don't trash your confidence. David had a moment with the Lord. This moment indicated that there would be movement. Movement. Ben, y'all can go ahead and come out. Here's the thing. Is what God started in your life wasn't to make you feel better. That is like the number one anthem of our world. Come to church and feel better. Go on vacation and feel better. Walk outside and have wind therapy to feel better. Eat whatever you want to feel better. Drink whatever you want to feel better. Go wherever you want to feel better. And that is not God's goal for your life. God's goal for your life is to move you. 
to move you out of sin, to move you out of shame, to move you out of isolation, to move you out of doubt. Come on. God wants to move you. You've been marked. God wants you to continually move forward. And it doesn't matter how long you've come to church. God is still doing a new work. Come on. In your life. And that's why we're fasting. And that's why we're praying. And that's why we're saying, God, I want to do it all over again. I want to reboot. That's why I'm going to come to Ladies Table Talk. Because guess what? I I've had a lot of ladies friend friends. But you may be sitting there going, I need to start over. That's why we're reading Philippians every week over and over. Come on, how many of you are reading Philippians? Come on, help me. Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14. Here's what Paul says. Brothers, I do not consider that I have already made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, I need you to get your confidence back. I need you to move forward. Don't trash your confidence. Remember, rehearse, respond. The path to the promise is only attained through confidence in the Lord. And you may be sitting here and, Pastor, I hear you. I amen this. I agree. But here is my issue. I totally trust God. I just don't trust myself. I totally trust God. I don't trust me. And here's what I would say to you is this. God already knew who you were when he was calling you and he was ushering you. And if you're not careful, that will be you entertaining the lies of the enemy to discredit your steps. And today, I need you to put your confidence in the Lord. Maybe your confidence has been shaken. Maybe it's been stolen. Here's what I want you to know. Because of God's kindness and mercy, what has been trashed can be restored. Hear me. What has been trashed can be restored. The dream can be restored. The cycle of sin can be broken. Don't trash your confidence. Rely on your Father. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.